0: Good evening. Welcome to Mary Queen of Peace Parish as we celebrate the 16th Sunday of Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. This week in the Taste and See column of the Bulletin, you can learn more about the two parish choirs within our music ministry, the Adult Choir and the Bell Choir. No experience or special training is required to be part of either of these groups. The choirs perform at masses and holiday liturgies throughout the year. On pages five and six of this week's bulletin, you will find the first edition of our parish newsletter. The newsletter will be published in the bulletin monthly. Also included in this week's bulletin is the parish financial report for the first quarter of this year. We are singing new music for the gospel and the Eucharistic prayer this summer. You can find it in the inside back cover of your hymnal. Though the formal requirements for masking have been lifted, we invite you to make your own choices to continue masking and or social distancing. Assisting us today as our lectors are Mary Pakatinskas and Nathan Wallish. I am your cantor, Ann Payne. Our organist is Carol Acetta, And our celebrant is Father Michael Stumpf. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join with each other in singing our opening hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, number 616 in the blue hymnal.
1: His gracious ordaining.
2: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Good evening, everyone celebrating the 16th Sunday of ordinary time, continuing to be drawn deeper and deeper into a journey with Christ and with one another as disciples. And so just a quick alert as we begin, personal quick alert. I am sick, <laughs> which is why I'm wearing a mask. Um, I've tested negative to two different COVID tests. So, but just so you know, when it comes to the distribution of communion, I'm not going to be distributing communion. There will be two Eucharistic ministers doing so just as an abundance of caution. As we gather, we know we continue to be led more deeply into God's grace. And so let us open ourselves to that grace and that mercy as we begin. Lord Jesus, you have called us to follow. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you welcome sinners and all of us. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you send us forth to share in your mission. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. We give glory to God as we say, glory to God in the highest receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. Show favor, O Lord, to your servants and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace that made fervent in hope, faith, and in charity, they may be ever watchful and keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. This weekend's scripture passages, we're actually hearing three different narratives of radical hospitality. The first one and the gospel are pretty obvious. The first one is Abraham and Sarah's hospitality of three strangers and the results that happened because of that. Martha and Mary's hospitality of Jesus. But in the second reading, actually, Paul is talking about the results of him being hospitable and sharing in the grace of God with the Gentile communities and how he's suffering because the Jewish Christians are not accepting that.
3: A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the Terebinth of Memre as he sat in the entrance of his tent. While the day was growing hot, looking up, Abraham saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them. And by and bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go past your servant. Let some water be brought that you may bathe your feet and then rest yourselves under the tree. Now that you have come this close to your servant, let me bring you a little food that you may refresh yourselves and afterward you may go on your way. The men replied, very well. Do as you have said. Abraham hastened into the tent and told Sarah, Quick, three measures of fine flour. Knead it and make rolls. He ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice deer, and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then Abraham got some curds and milk and set these before the three men. And he waited on them under the tree while they ate. They asked Abraham, where is your wife, Sarah? He replied, there in the tent. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah will then have a son. The word of the Lord.
1: Does just. is just- no bribes against the innocent. Such a one shall never be shaken. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord.
4: A reading from the letter of Saint Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church, of which I am a minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me to bring to completion for you the word of God The mystery hidden from ages and from generations past. But now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. The word of the Lord.
1: Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance. Alleluia. 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 Alleluia.
2: The Lord be with you a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. After communion at this celebration, uh, um, very appropriately, a woman will be speaking for just a few minutes. One of our uh, newest employees, Megan Corder, who is our director of engagement, who has been kind of the one who's been behind all this time. You keep hearing that word, taste and see, taste and see, where we're showcasing particular ministries within the church community. So she's actually going to just be speaking to you for a few minutes, introducing herself. So my homily is going to be hopefully quite concise, Right? Because she's speaking, and I'm going to give her the time to do that. It's very important. And because I'm sick. And so, those, hopefully, my homily is going to be quite concise here. So, you, you know that during these summer months, I'm trying to stir us up a little bit, right? I'm trying to, to stir up in our hearts and souls and, and, and what the, how really radical discipleship is and how radical the gospel message is. And I'm doing that because we have in some ways made the gospel tame. We have sterilized it, right? And we miss sometimes the full impact of what it really means. And so over the last couple of weekends, I've developed themes how the gospel and discipleship is actually anti-establishment, right? Right? The gospel is actually unacceptable, right? There's a part of it that will always be unacceptable. And so, this weekend, what I'd like to talk about of discipleship and radical discipleship is actually hospitality and how discipleship, the gospel, and gospel hospitality take courageous work and wholehearted presence both courageous work and wholehearted presence, especially because the gospel hospitality is supposed to be particularly for those who are marginalized, poor, excluded, unaccepted. So we hear, of course, the gospel uh, about Martha and Mary in today's passage from Luke. And if you remember, all during these summer months, all during this ordinary time, we're walking with Jesus in Luke's gospel, and we're doing so after he resolutely determined to go to Jerusalem. He has a particular focus. He's bringing about the end. Uh, He's looking towards the full completion of the kingdom of God, right? And so everything along the journey Every town he stops, every miracle he performs, every teaching he does is going to have particular import and impact about what it means to be a disciple. And so today we're hearing about hospitality, and in one town he meets, it says, he's greeted and welcomed by Martha, who has a sister, Mary. Now, before I go on to talk a little bit about Martha and Mary, what's really important about this Scripture passage to show the radicality of gospel hospitality, how it takes courageous work and wholehearted presence, there's a piece of this that we don't quite understand as non-Jews and people who are living in a different time and culture. And I want to emphasize that first. First of all, What we have here is a situation of a patriarchal culture, right? Women are mostly marginalized. They're not educated. The system is set up, right? So their work is only, and their their status in society is only if they're connected to a man, right? Right? And so what happens in this situation is really Martha is doing what she's supposed to do in the culture and in the society. She's performing the housework and duty and here's what would happen, and this still happens in some cultures around the world today, right? The women are in the kitchen. They're doing the work. They're only seen when they bring out the food or the drink or whatever's necessary, and what happens is the men, sit around the table, or they sit in a circle, and they're talking about all the important things, right? They're talking about the politics of the day, the occupation of the Romans. They're talking about the culture and the society. They're talking about how the kids don't listen anymore, right? So they're the ones who are talking about all the philosophy, the the current thought, all those things. So, right, the men do that. The women are not a part of that. And notice, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Most likely, and the Jewish mind would understand this, with the rest of the men, with Lazarus, who we know is Mary and Martha's brother, although he's not mentioned here, right? And and again, he's been traveling, and so the men would be sitting around, and here's this woman sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening and, and maybe even being a part of the conversation itself. Not only does Jesus accept this, he encourages this. You following how radical that hospitality is? Now, accepting the marginalized, as he does in all the gospel passages and all the gospels, but particularly in Luke, particularly in Luke's gospel, women are championed. Women are disciples just like men are disciples. And again, this is a radically different culture and time and place. And so this would have truly been extremely challenging in the midst of the group and the people and the Jewish faith and everything else. So he champions women in Luke's gospel. Mary is emphasized in Luke's gospel. They're the first disciples of Jesus, right? They're with him at the last supper and the other disciples. They're at the foot of the cross. They witness his crucifixion. Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, is the first one to experience the resurrection, right? So in Luke's gospel, women are brought forth as equals to men, and that would have been totally unacceptable in that culture and time and place. Radical hospitality. Hospitality. Now, one more thing. So, oftentimes when we hear Martha and Mary and we hear this passage, what we do is we pit them against one another, right? Women hate this, right? Because oftentimes, too, you are the ones who are sometimes doing the work of hospitality, preparing the space, etc. And then you hear about Mary, who's sitting at the feet. You're like, well, <laughs> who's going to clean the dishes, right? Who's going to do that, right? That's... And so, and so the, what's really important is that real gospel and radical hospitality takes both. It's not either Martha or Mary, it is both Martha and Mary. In order for us as Christians to enter into the discipleship and the gospel message of radical hospitality, we need to do the courageous work of preparing, of of, of providing for, of opening the doors to, right? And then also the wholehearted presence of listening, being attentive to, especially to the poor and the marginalized. And so I ask you, as a follower of the Lord, journeying with Him towards Jerusalem, how are you balanced in hospitality? Work? Listening? How are we bringing those two together? And not just for one another those who are in the pews with us, those, right, that we care about, who are friends and family, but especially to those who are outside our doors, to those who are poor and marginalized in our time, place, and culture. Together we stand and profess one faith. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. for us, for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit, was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, Proceeds in the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our God looks with compassion and grace upon all of his creation and all his he has created, and people. And so we bring these needs and prayers of petition.
4: Our response this week is, hear us, O Lord. For strength, hope, and perseverance for Pope Francis, Francis, bishops, and all church leaders, we pray, hear "Hear us, us, O Lord." Lord. For an end to the war in Ukraine, and for all who suffer from the wounds of war all over the world, we pray, hear us, O Lord. For an increase in support for all families and single people, we pray, hear hear us, O Lord. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray, Hear hear us, O Lord. We go forth, for an end to systemic racism and our greater awareness of it, we pray, Hear us, O Lord. Lord. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially John Henke and Lorraine Kowalewski, Gary Scholl, and Noel Thomas, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray.
3: Hear us, O Lord.
4: We remember today all parishioners and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear us, O Lord. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us.
0: Please join in singing the summons number 790 in the blue hymnal.
2: pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Sacrifice for the praise of of God, who in the one perfect sacrifice brought to completion the varied offerings of the law, accept, we pray, this sacrifice from your faithful servants. Make it holy as you bless the gifts of Abel so that what each one offers to the honor of your majesty may benefit the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May the lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, just, our duty, salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. Just as through your beloved Son, you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness, you formed it anew. So it is right that all creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, all the saints with one heart bless you. We too extol you with all the saints and angels, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, All of you and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. Once more giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood.
1: We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again.
2: Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of blessing, giving thanks, you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, all the clergy, and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy, welcome them into the light of your face and have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, our glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Unity with God and with one another at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. Deliver us, us, Lord, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He said to your apostles and to us, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but the faith of your church, grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you. We share with each other a sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but I only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
3: For those who cannot be with us today, an act of spiritual communion, my Jesus, I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things and long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. As though you have already come, I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you Amen.
0: Please join in singing our communion hymn, The Supper of the Lord. It can be found in the insert in the back of your hymnal.
2: to invite Megan Corder, our Director of Parish Engagement, to please come forward and share just a few minutes. Megan spoke at all the masses about two weekends ago, except for this one. So we didn't want you to miss this opportunity.
5: Hello, Um, my name is Megan, as Father said, and I'm the Director of Engagement for our parish. Each month in the bulletin and on the website, you'll see a different feature, featured ministry for our Taste and See. In June, we took a little bit of a different approach, and during that month, we included write-ups about the importance of being involved in the community and why it matters. So I wanted to take the opportunity to go to all the masses and share more. And also, it's a good opportunity to introduce myself and a little bit about my role, which is to work with the community and connect internally and externally with folks to really help figure out what the right fit is. I think a lot about our parish community as a puzzle. Everyone has a place that they fit, and it's a balance of their skills and talents plus the needs of the community. That role is unique to them and important in the layout of every single piece fitting together. You may often hear the adage, time, talent, or treasure. And on some level, I think that does apply to engaging the community, but I'm not here to bring up the importance of donating. Obviously, that's an important way of engaging in con- participating in the parish, but I wanna talk more about getting involved through time or talent and understanding why all of this matters. There are countless ways to get involved. Many are in the bulletin and many are on the website. These may be opportunities that are one time or reoccurring. When I first moved to the parish, I knew I wanted to sign up to be a cantor. Um, that's something that I really enjoy doing, but it's not for everyone. There are ways to get involved that don't even exist yet. I'm confident that there's something for everyone. You may want to lector or canter or join a small group. Or you may have a talent for taking photos and want to help take photos at parish events. Or perhaps you saw an interesting idea at another parish for a ministry that you'd like to implement here, but you're not exactly sure where to start. This is where I can help. I'd like to think of this as a Venn diagram. The parish has opportunities to volunteer in needs while community members have talents and skills and experiences. The middle is where the two intersect for the perfect fit. My goal isn't to mandate how someone engages with the community, but encourage that you do consider engaging with the community. I want to get to know folks so I can help you find the right fit, not just a fit. It's my firm belief that people can tell when something or someone isn't sincere, and so I wanna ensure that everyone feels welcome, heard, and appreciated throughout this entire process. The parish community is what you make of it. I can tell you that if you're more connected and involved, I think you'll experience your faith and what God's calling you to in real time. We are called to be together in community, and communities are participatory. Sometimes it's not a loud announcement from the rooftop, but a small indicator in our day-to-day life that puts us in the direction we're meant to go and helps us understand why going in that direction can deepen our faith. So I'm gonna leave you with a challenge. What are the ways that God is calling you to participate more deeply in our community? What may God be encouraging you to do beyond your regular routine? Consider the subtle, or not so subtle, hints that God may be sending your way. And when you're ready to share, and you think you might have an answer, Let's find a time to talk and about the ways God is calling you and how we can help you find your perfect fit. I look forward to meeting everyone. I'll hang out at the back after, for a few minutes after Mass if you'd like to talk, or my contact information is on the website, and it's mcorder at our parish email address, um, and it will be in the bulletin. Thank you.
2: Let us please stand and let us pray. Graciously be present to your people, we pray, Lord. Lead those you've imbued with heavenly mysteries to pass from former ways to newness of life through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Please join in singing our closing hymn, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, number 641 in the blue hymnal.